The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 127 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Daniel the Mano, recording from the illustrious Boathouse Studio in Windermere, Florida, overlooking the gorgeous Lake Sawyer. The summer is coming to an end, but how about we make it last just a little bit longer with your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. Head over to the newly redesigned SeaDeck.com and use the search function to find the nearest fabricator and installer near you. They have hundreds of boats already digitized with their patterns already on file, but Dano, what if they don't have my exact boat in their system, you're asking? Well, I'm very glad you guys asked that question. Because a certified installer will actually come to your house or your storage unit or wherever you store your boat or wherever your project is and digitize it and create a custom flooring job to your exact specifications. It doesn't get more custom than that, baby. It's time to give your boat what it deserves and your boat deserves SeaDeck. Hey, Manomaniacs and loyal listeners, I know we took a little bit of a break last month, all good, but have had a ton of travel and events. Nonetheless, we're going to get right back into the swing of things with our awesome guest, Jeff McKee. Longtime fans of the show know that Jeff was briefly featured uh, all the way back in episode number 72, and I recorded live at the 58th Masters Water Skiing Wakeboard Tournament. We had a gauntlet of guests on that episode, including James Balzer, Matt Manzari, Marcus Brown, Gunther Oka, and Megan Ethel. But ever since then, I've been trying to get Jeff back on for a full episode, and the timing couldn't have worked out any better. Jeff McKee just launched a new app called Adventure.io, which allows people to book adventures and experiences with their favorite action sports athletes and recreation experts. It's like Uber, but instead of ordering a Kia Sorento, you get a rad one-on-one experience with your favorite athlete. I can't wait to talk to Jeff and find out how it all came together, guys. But before we get into that, I just wanted to remind everyone that you can listen to and, of course, share the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android, as well as my very own website, noiseofthenorth.com. You can also follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano and on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike to stay up to date on all of the latest Golden Mike news. Also, if your favorite t-shirt or hat is dirty and you're in desperate need of a new one, all you have to do is head over to iTunes and write a five-star review for this show, The Golden Mike Podcast. We've gotten a bunch of them in September. I'm stoked. And uh, I'll automatically send you free swag, stuff we all get, right? Right to your doorstep. Boom. 
Problem solved. All you got to do is take a screenshot of your review once it posts and then send it over to me, uh, Dano, and that address through email is goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Once I get that email, you get your swag. Tell me your address and tell your friends, folks. Now, I got a lot of people reaching out asking, Dano, where's the newest episode? Looking for their latest Golden Mike podcast fix. And I'm sorry to leave you guys waiting like that, but my attention was shifted to putting on the Twin Lakes Corn Fest in beautiful Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. I want to thank each and every one of you that came out and enjoyed all the festivities. We had a spectacular turnout of about a 3,000 people, including around 100 athletes, the youngest being four years old, and I want to say 67 years young was the most experienced, if you guys catch what I'm trying to say. We had some top-notch, all-around fun water skiing, ski jumping, both distance and freestyle teams of two, and Feet on Fire North, and not to mention some of the best tasting Wisconsin sweet corn in the entire world, baby. David O'Queeve was in the house. He was there representing his sponsors, Centurion, Roswell, and O'Brien. He threw down a sick ride and won the Legends of Wake. It was a three-trick line contest. Uh, professional water ski jumper Zach Warden, he was out there. He booted 160 feet off the ramp. Guys, it was windy that day. There was white caps. It was gnarly. It was insane. And your boy made the Trickski Showdown Finals. Guys, I'm talking about me. That's right. I won my quarterfinals heat of six. Then I won my semifinal heat. It was head-to-head. Unfortunately, I was only good enough for last place in the finals, but fourth overall in the tournament out of 25 trick skiers, and a lot of them were young bucks. It ain't too shabby, but it wasn't about me. We couldn't have asked for better athletes, community, and weather. Uh, This was the biggest TL Corn Fest we've ever put on, and for those of you who weren't able to make it this year, don't worry, because next year is going to be even wilder. Check out tlcornfest.com and follow us on Instagram at tlcornfest as well. After we wrapped up Twin Lakes Corn Fest, I barely got to sit down before I was uh, off to Florida for a few days, and then I was off to sunny and windy Waco, Texas for the 2019 Nautique WWA Wake Park and Wake Surf National Championships. It was at Barefoot Ski Ranch and Cable Park. I spent a day there announcing cable events before handing the microphone off to Mark Hager of Wakewell, a.k.a. Mark on the mic. Then I took over at the surf side of the contest. Man, it's always fun and rewarding to call these events, especially catching up with the families and all the different riders and seeing the new faces, potentially tomorrow's Sean Murray's, Harley Clifford's, Megan Ethel's, Danny Harf's. I think you guys catch my drift. Surf and Park Nationals did not disappoint. You guys can check out all the recaps at the WWA.com online Plus, in the WWA's ride line, they're going to be featuring tons of content from these awesome events. I cannot say enough about how lucky I've been to be a part of these awesome events, uh, pushing now for well over 15 years. In other news, the USA Water Ski and Wake Sports Foundation has announced the 2020 Water Ski and Wake Sports Hall of Fame class, which will be headlined by the legendary House of Style himself, Friend of the show, friend of mine, just amazing ambassador of the sport, Sean Murray, Mandy Nightingale, and adaptive water skier, Joe Ray. I also want to give a super special shout out to friend of the show, even better friend of mine, Eddie Roberts, for receiving an award of distinction for all he's done to innovate and elevate the wake and water ski industry. As most of you should already know, Eddie is the brand manager for Radar Skis and an absolute legend in the sport. He was also featured as my guest on episode 67 of the Golden Mike podcast. I encourage all of you to go back through the archive and give it a listen after you finish listening to this one, of course. Eddie, we love you. Congrats, good brother. And without further ado, let's get into our interview with the great Jeff McKee. Again, as I'm sure I mentioned, we recorded this at BSR in Waco. 
Jeff and I recorded outside his hotel room located on site and overlooking the insane surf pool. BSR has a lazy river going all the way around the facility and it has the Royal Flush water slides, which are crazy too. They're like long drops into a huge launch. And if you're not ready or air aware like me, you can get, well, let's just say woken up pretty quick or maybe put to sleep. Needless to say, throughout the interview, uh, you may hear some ambiance, some natural, some not so natural. I admit a dude was blowing leaves at one point. I tried to get him to turn it off. I don't think he understood what I was trying to say. Anyways, I had a few listens to the audio, and it sounds pretty good to me, and I'm excited for y'all to listen. So let's do it. Here he is, Jeff McKee, with me here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Jeff, welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey, a, a two-time podcast. Uh, yeah, that's here. right. I, I think maybe two years ago at Masters we were doing this uh, at the end of the end of the day, huh? When I first took notice of Jeff McKee, I actually took notice of the McKee brothers, Billy and Jeff, and you guys kind of follow in like this tradition of like, not like the Wake Brothers TV show, but like Wake <laughs> Brothers, you know, the Sovin brothers, the Bonifay brothers, and, and you know, and, and over the years, I think we've seen a lot of like, you know, uh, family people, and obviously Wake, Wake sports, water sports in general is, is, is so family oriented, but I always remember like, like reading the stories in the mag or seeing like the video parts with uh, Jeff and Billy McKees. What what is your brother up to? Because it was like ten years ago or twelve years ago. It was like he just got up and left. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, we started together. He was the one who taught me how to ride. It was you know the, that was what we did after school every day. Is we'd head straight out on the boat, have a group of friends, and we'd all just be pushing each other. I mean, I wouldn't know probably half the tricks that I learned in wakeboarding was because my brother put some sort of pressure on me to you know, to do it. Right. I remember times I was scared to go on the boat because like, oh, man, Billy's going to make me swim in if I don't try the whirly bird or whatever the trick was. It was, you know, that we were working on. And um, so, yeah, we grew up doing it together. And then uh, he moved out maybe it's probably like 15 years or something ago now, but um, took his last semester of school and college uh, at the University University of Utah um went out there to snowboard and just kind of experience he's always loved the mountains and and you know just kind of experience a little something different um ended up meeting his wife out there and and you know he found love and stayed got married uh he's raising a family um you know we both got kids around the same age now which is pretty wild but uh most recently he's uh just moved now to southern california so he uh did really well in some business ventures that had to do he started in financing boats working at a boat dealership and then he got into some medical stuff that was uh you know doctors buying boats that were like hey we've got a great idea you know your financing is such an incredible opportunity we could use in the you know in elective surgeries things things of that nature right and and this whole thing just kind of spiraled and he's always been this business guy and so he started a couple great companies and sold them and kind of like said the hell with it i've always dreamed of living in california and and being a surf guy and now he's living there and kind of living his dream so it's pretty cool what's happened over our you know careers so is your is your bro even wakeboarding at all anymore or spending any time on the boat uh you know what they do they do a family trip to lake powell every year um and uh yeah he still gets out and straps in i'd say every, every vacation he'll he'll call me and say I guess maybe in the past few years it's been more wake surfing, right? But uh, I do remember a call in recent years of, dude, I still got the Moby Dick. Um, so yeah, I mean that passion's always going to be there. And and uh, but you know I think more important than whether it's wakeboarding or surfing or whatever it is, it's just water that makes you know it makes people happy. You know, totally. if I'm not in the water for a week, my wife's like, man, you're turning into a real jerk. Like, go out on the boat or do something. You know, I mean it's. It's, I know there's all sorts of studies and books and everything about water just being that kind of, you know, it's, it's, there's something about it that just kind of helps you reset. And uh, I love it. I'll never, you know, never get away from being in the water. When I first met but, you, you guys lived on a lake in Windermere. That was probably close to like 17 or 18 years ago. Now, is that where you guys actually grew up? Yeah, yeah. I grew up on a little private lake right uh, near the Butler chain. Um, and uh, it was just you know, it was in the backyard. And, and like I said, you know, we'd rather be there than on the baseball field. And so my, you know, our parents were super supportive and we started getting good at it. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe this could be something. And it was the right time where like, I mean, to get sponsored by a wakeboard brand, you had to send in a VHS videotape. So that was like, people ask me nowadays, like, how do you get sponsored? And it's like nearly impossible. There's so many people. And I, you know, I think I was just lucky at the right time, uh, being, 
you know, 12, 13 years old and sending a videotape doing a couple flips to a brand and they were like, boom, you're on the team. So who are some of the first wakeboarders that you might remember kind of watching or being inspired by? Uh, we, uh, I mean, dude, we used to buy all the VHS videos. It was, um, you know, growing up, we knew that we lived, we lived pretty close. Um, Sean Murray and Dean Lavelle lived together on actually the lake that you live on now, right? Lake Sawyer? Sure. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. So those guys lived on Lake Sawyer, and that was only maybe four, three or four miles from where my brother and I were growing up. And so we knew those guys were so close, and we were such fans. Like, Sean Murray was just, like, my total idol. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and then also, in addition to that, on Lake Butler, there was, uh, you know, Kobe Mikasich, uh, Chris Bischoff, Mike Weddington, Charlie Patterson. Like, those guys were really big mentors uh, for my were brother those guys, and I. Were they like taking you guys out and pulling? Yeah, you and there stuff? was a certain, you know, a certain level we got good enough, and it was blindside wakeboards that ended up being my brother and I's first sponsors. They were the ones I sent a VHS tape to, right? So who discovered and, uh, you, like Charlie Patterson? Or? Basically, I would say Charlie Patterson was probably the guy that really got us the foot in the door, you know, and uh, and a little bit of recognition. And so what kind of timestamp are we talking about here? Probably ninety-seven. Um, somewhere around there. I know one of the only contests I ever won in my life of any real value was the 98 Boys World Championship. Um, hey, and, remind us who some of the guys that you were competing with back in, in uh, those days were. Froggy was his name at the time. Now Phil Sovin was a competitor of mine. Danny Harf, Shane Bonifay. Um, there was a kid named Brian Kennedy and the Kennedy brothers that were from South Florida that were big uh, competition back then. But um, I, yeah, actually in 98, when I won the Worlds, Danny Harf was out with a broken arm. So it was kind of, uh, it was glorious, but I kind of, you know, there was kind of a, like an asterisk to it. Like, well, yeah, but Danny wasn't there. Um, but uh, it was, it was pretty cool. So that was, yeah, that was like 98. You know, that was, I was 13 years old at that time. Trevor Hansen was another guy that we were kind of head to head in a lot of stuff. And um, it was fun, man. We were young and like the sport was so young and. I don't know. Was, they were definitely the good times. You'd see, you know, you'd see Byerly turn up at a contest and it was like, holy cow, there's the legend. Like, oh, he said, hey to me. You know, I remember, actually, I remember Parks Boniface saying hey to me one time and he called me Cole, which was another kid that was competing at the event. He's like, what's up, Cole? And I just took it. I waved. I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? And <laughs> just kind of like took that one. I was like, damn, he didn't really know who I was. But still, he said, hey. You're like, but he acknowledged he, me. He knew. So. He kind of recognized me, right? He might have got the name wrong. But so we joke about that now. Like, you know, I mean, however many years later, like Parks and I are hanging. And, yeah, we joke around. We're like, you remember that time you called me Cole? Well, it's so funny, though, like how little things like that will, will stick in somebody's mind and stuff like that. But, you know, and, and also just in general, the contest like that, having having those guys, I always think this is what's so cool about wakeboarding. And, you know, you look and you, you watch over the years and you see how so many people stick around and come to these contests for year after year. And, and I think it's like the, the, the relationships, number one, but also uh, it's, it's just what other sport can you go to and meet the highest echelon yeah. athlete of that sport. It's so cool, man. And that was always been a highlight for us our whole lives is like, you know, Sean Murray said what's up or like this guy was here and you got to see firsthand like Chase Hevner is another great example of one, one of the guys like the new crew, uh, Chase Hevner, Staker, Thomas Harrell, those guys were like the coolest chorus guys when we were, you know, when we were teenagers and it was like, every event you'd see him. And I mean, this is before you had Instagram and, you know, phones that, you know, you didn't even have, people didn't even have cell phones. Right. So it was like the only chance you got to see these guys was in a magazine or in the new video, the VHS tape that came out that Bill Porter at performance would like, we bugged that dude every day for months. Like, Hey, Bill, is Jeff, uh, is the, uh, is the new sideways video in today? And he'd be like, Nope, not today. Nope, not today. And I remember that day that the, the, the new video came out, whatever it was, we would be, hauling ass up to performance like we're gonna get that video and then you'd get it and you're like oh my god Byerly shaved his dreads he's got a huge goatee now or he got his whole back tattooed like that was our interaction with the pros and and then if you saw him at an event it was it now it's like you know I mean now you can see him every day what they're up to on, totally. on social media which is a crazy it's awesome what was what were like your focuses your goals if you remember like back in back in your early days was was contests or competitions like your main thing or because, you know, obviously, like, back then, we knew a little bit about, like, free riding with the likes of, like, Smalls and, and like, Eric Smalls and, like, uh, you know, uh, guys like uh, Greg Nelson. And, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, 
Yeah, I, I guess when I started, I definitely was. I was all about like competition was a focus for me for sure. Um, and I, for whatever reason, I just didn't. I, there was a few times that I clicked and it worked well, but I, the nerves would always get the best of me. And uh, I don't know. And then, I, you know, kind of I went through high school and, and uh, into college and my parents were real serious about um, about school, which was great. I'm so glad that they were. And, uh, you know, I think I kind of fell a little bit out of that competition level at that point like uh i had some ground to make up you know because it's like i focused number one on getting school done in four years you know and uh a lot of the guys i competed with in my age category they didn't do you know they didn't end up going to college they just focused 100 percent on competition and so i think that set me back a little bit but i don't know i just always had fun like doing you know kind of we, we ended up riding a lot with colin wright back in the day and he was such a style king and um I don't know. I just kind of fell into this kind of free ride role that was really fun. And, um, I don't know. People said I had good style. So I was like, sweet, let's roll with it. You totally. know, <laughs> totally <laughs> for the amount of time I have to commit to practicing. It's like maybe the style thing's better and it's definitely more fun. And yeah, we did a lot of video stuff back then. And, um, yeah, it's kind of is what it is. I mean, you've always done done a great job of, of kind of staying relevant within whatever, whatever is going on within the industry. And, um, and again, I don't know if I feel like you've always made a lot of great relationships, but I don't really remember a time since like the late 90s, early 2000s when you weren't being featured in in the magazine or maybe in some video features or whatever, something like that. But yeah, um, I mean, wh what would you credit some of that stuff to? Uh, I appreciate it, man. Um, I, you know, really, like you said, I mean, it's a small industry. Right. And I, and I, I think I'm a you know, I like to think I'm a personable guy. Right. It's easy to get along with pretty much anybody. So I think that scored me a lot of seats on trips and things like that, where it was just like, oh, this guy'd be, you know, he'll fit well with the group. Like, you know, he could potentially do some talking on camera if we need it or stuff like that. Like we did the, you know, the poll series with Alliance way back when. And um, I don't know, it was just kind of like, I've always been cool with everybody. Everybody's been cool back. I got a lot of people that have really helped me out, you know, along the way, like, uh, you know, Bill McCaffrey at Alliance was, pretty you know crucial i'd say to my success in a way of uh you know he helped pair me up with slingshot uh when i've graduated school and and put me on those pole series and then i had a, a great job with the magazine for quite a few years uh doing their uh some of their kind of more fun edit pieces and uh i don't know man i just love all the people and always kind of i guess find a way to wiggle in the door one thing <laughs> i always wanted to, to ask you about was when you were working for Alliance there for a while, I feel like you were still getting so much coverage from Wakeboarding Magazine. Like, how did that all like how did that all happen in like the relationship? Because I I don't really know what the dynamic between the two different mags at the time were. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got the mag that's super core Alliance. Yeah. And then you got the mag that's kind of backed up by the Water Ski Magazine. Yeah, it was it was definitely more core back then than I think now, right? The kind of the the you know the battle of like cool versus like commercial or whatever it was. And Alliance was always playing that kind of, you know, that rebel child, uh, you know, kind of angle, which was awesome. I had a ton of fun with it, but then at the same time I had just, you know, as I was working that job with Alliance, I, uh, got the call from Jeff Lagos at Slingshot to start working with them. And Slingshot was such a new brand and, and, you know, kind of making relationships and I was really their only team rider. Um, and so it was like, you know, Wakeboard Mag really didn't have another option. They're like, well, we have to kind of feature Jeff. We want to feature someone using these new flex boards, you know. So I think I scored with the right timing there. And uh, I don't know, man. It's such a small industry. You got to keep it cool with everybody. Like, we're all at the end of the day. We're in it because, like, we're trying to stay on the water. You know what I mean? And so whether you work for Alliance or Wakeboard Mag or Slingshot or, you know, Liquid Force, whatever the brands, like, it's literally we all have the same goal at the end of the day is like how do we get on the water and and walk away you know head out to dinner with a smile on our face and say that was a rad day you know all right well i think that's going to like move us into this next conversation topic and and i want to talk a little bit about slingshot wake because uh since day one of slingshot i feel like you've always been a guy right there at the forefront of the brand whether it was as an athlete or the role that you are playing right now uh, I want to talk a little bit about Slingshot because I think what's so cool about them is everything they've done 
at least through my eyes, was always different. I feel like they were one of the first companies that was like doing that that new style of boots, where it was like a like a liner going in the boots. Yeah, uh, like the first brand that was really really taking. You know, you had Hyperlite doing that that Rome board for a little bit. Um, you had uh, Ronix doing a little bit of a flex board. I feel like you guys were really the ones at Slingshot that took that to the next level. But talk about um, how you got started with Slingshot, your relationship with Slingshot, and where you are and what you're doing with them now. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, right when I graduated college in Orlando, uh, it was like 2007, um, I, I had just kind of scored the relationship with Alliance doing the associate editing. Um, and... Uh, and Slingshot had approached Alliance at the same time saying, hey, we, we know how to make a wakeboard that will basically blow all this other stuff out of the water. Like wakeboarding has been the same for too long and we've got a technology to kind of take it to a new level. And so I got a call um, from Jeff Lagos, who's the CEO at Slingshot. Him and his brother, Tony Lagos, are the founders of the company. Um, and, uh, you know, they were just itching to get their feet wet and they needed somebody that could kind of represent them. But Slingshot was already in the extreme sports business, right? Exactly. They were a kiteboarding brand. Since 1999 was their start in kiteboarding. And then 2007, they said this technology is too good to not implement into wakeboarding. And so, um, you know, I just got out of school. Um, Colin Wright actually was was a team rider for them as well in the beginning. And then he kind of you know, went a different path there. And, and right when I came in, he kind of was getting into another, you know, kind of phase of his career or whatever. And, uh, and so I kind of just became the lead contact as far as like, Hey, what do we, you know, what do people want? What, what should the boots look like? What should the graphics look like? Like, what do you think of the board and all this? And literally like they sent me a board and, and I hit the wake for the first time on it with a flex board and I just got bucked on my ass. Like I was half tantrum rolling down the windows, slam the back edge because it was just this this feeling off the wake I never felt before. And, uh, you know, full, it, it totally rang my bell. But at the same time, it was like, holy, <laughs> like with this, I can like I can probably do that 900 or I can add that extra 180 to this spin or have that extra hang time to finally hit this new trick. And so I was like, I was convinced right away. I was like, this is rad. How was the could go somewhere? How was the slingshot brand received throughout the industry? Like when they first broke in being as they came from the kite, they were industry? like, we were totally outcasted. It was literally like Jeff was the dude on a kite board. Like, what is he doing? And, uh, and I just, you know, it was a bold kind of opportunity, I guess, for me to just be like, you know, I graduated school. I was kind of in this zone of like, can't really make a living out of this. Right. And, uh, slingshot came in and i was just like i believe in this like i know it comes you know at the time people were just like really like a kiteboarder and a wakeboarder were like polar opposites you know like wakeboarders are like oh my god like we couldn't be farther apart from that right and uh and it's funny because fast forward to today like slingshots one of the you know humbly i guess i should say like it's one of the top brands you know and uh and most people now don't even know that it came from kiteboarding they're like oh they make kites that's sick you know, but um, we there was like a kind of big hurdle in the early stages. And so I, in addition to riding the boards myself, um, you know, I was helping recruit other guys to join the brand. Um, and at the same time there, like we were super, super fortunate that cable wakeboarding was on the rise. And so all of a sudden you had like, you know, the system two had just come out. Um, and these cable parks, obviously in Europe had been there for years and years, like decades. Right. But um, it was just starting to t- kind of grow and develop in the States. And and our boards were the best for riding a cable. It was like, it flexes like a snowboard. It feels literally so much better than anything else out there. And so I think our timing was just super lucky. Like, you know, cables were on the rise, flex boards were on the rise. And now, you know, we're at, we're at the cable nationals for wakeboarding and, you know, half the kids out there riding on a slingshot setup. I, I don't even know them. It used to be anybody who had a slingshot. I knew them cause I gave them the board, right. you know? <laughs> right. And so now it's, it's so rewarding to just be like, hell yeah like another another kid riding a slingshot or like another kid throwing up the space mob like hand signal you know it's like it's it's a really cool feeling to be a part of absolutely and what about like working with these guys because you guys have such a interesting group of characters that you know that that ride for the brand and you know you talk about the space mob but one guy that sticks out is uh, wesley mark jacobson yeah so much you know so awesome they're dude they're literally all the kids like I, we're, we're, we're like the outcast crew that all got together and like, you know, somehow made it happen. Right. But it's like, 
I don't know. They're, they're, nobody's nobody in our team. You know, we're, we're getting a lot more. It's crazy now. We're getting a lot more like competitors and guys that are just ripping on every level. But like, yeah, we're always looking for something that's different and unique. And like Wes Jacobson stood out like a sore thumb. Like we, I went actually with my my wife is from Charleston, South Carolina, and we went up on a family trip to visit her parents. Uh, and I knew Trophy Lakes was a cable park down the road that uh, you know had kind of like carried a couple slingshot products and. I was like, oh, I got to go check it out. And that's the first time I met Wes. And uh, he was riding one of our reflex boards. And, uh, like, it just looked so different. His stance was too, super skinny. It was probably, like, 2012, maybe. Um, skinny stance, going off the kicker, doing, like, toe-back sevens, uh, doing all this stuff that just was so different. And, and, honestly, my first impression back then, like, we were all hooked on this wide stance, like, kind of, like, you know, at a pointless or like new crew inspired style. Right. And then this, you know, this guy just looks so different. Like he looked like he was snowboarding or he was doing a whole different sport. And then he got off the water and just like his persona and personality, it was like larger than life. Like everybody stands around in a circle and watches Wes and they're like, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? Like, he's just so interesting and unique, you know, and, and like just all the confidence in the world and, and, I mean, you know, and probably to, the best bangs in the business, dude, the best bangs by far. I mean, the dude's got a style that's just from another world. Right. And uh, and it's so funny to see, like, from that time we first met him, like he ended up moving down to Valdosta and meeting up with Quinn. Quinn was one of our team riders for years. Right. He had his own cable going, but he didn't have the full Quinn size. Silvernail. Quinn Silvernail. And like, you know, Quinn was always in my ear like, yeah, we're going to build a full size cable park and. You know, and, and you always hear all these kids with these dreams and these ideas, and, and that's, like, not a small task, you know? So it's kind of one of those, like, yeah. Or a cheap task. Or <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, like, great idea. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. And now that guy's built, like, the dream cable park for people around the world. Like, let's go to Valdosta. Like, the space mobs there. Like, I mean, you know, Quinn was a really late bloomer in his career. But, uh, you know, him and Wes right now, I mean, they're the hottest things in wakeboarding. Two of the most influential it's, guys right And now. Wes, when, uh, can you picture one time in, like, that you can ever remember on video, Instagram, anywhere? Have you ever seen him do a flip? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, uh, the dude has made a career out of just doing stuff, st stuff that's almost attainable. It's, you know, you watch it and you're like, it's kind of within reach. I think I could do that. I don't have to go out and do a 1080 to be a pro or like I don't have to do a double flip. But at the same time, nobody can do it like Wes. You totally. know? And we see like I see videos on Instagram all the time now. Like I follow the space mob hashtag and it's unreal. The amount of people around the world that are like these kids in Germany, kids in like Budapest, like that are Australia. Like just like They're literally carbon copies, younger little version. They're little like Wesley Mark Jacobson's riding that style. And like it's just invaded. So it's. I don't know, man. It, I chalk it up to good timing or whatever, but it's it's been really cool. And these guys are, it's I, I can't tell you how rad it is to be able to travel with these dudes. And I mean, we're a family. They all call me dad. You know, I'm the only one in the in the whole crew with kids, right? So I'm automatically the dad and in charge. And it's just it's rad. It feels nothing feels cooler than rolling with the slingshot team. And and you know, there's always something new that goes down that kind of you know keeps inspiring everybody and. We just have a good time. I'm not going to lie. You make it sound like it's pretty awesome and like all like cotton candy and unicorns and awesomeness <laughs> and everything like that. But here's the deal. Like a guy in your position, you've made a lot of relationships and that's really, really awesome. And you've got a lot of friends and a lot of times your friends are like on your team and stuff. And there's got to be some like sour times too, because obviously brands evolve. And I got to ask you like, because I, I know lots of team managers and you don't really ever have this conversation, but how difficult is it when you have to do like, Cut, yeah, when deliver some news. Cuts. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's terrible, dude. It's you, yeah, you literally build a friendship and a relationship with all these people, and you pick them because you love them, and and like they get along with the crew, and they're the perfect fit at the time. And but you know, life like life gets in the way sometimes. People take different paths, and um, and and you know, it's, it's you could drag it out, right? But you, you then you get stale, and and people say, oh, that brand doesn't know what's going on, right? So it's always like. I mean, when I sponsor people, the first thing I tell them is, hey, we're going to be best friends and then I'm going to have to fire you at some point. So, like, let's just get that out on the table now. Like, you know, let's let's be honest with each, each, each other. And, like, I don't know. You know, but you've like, been it's, on both sides of the fence personal. now, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been hired and fired, too, you know. And it's like, 
I'll tell you one of one of my best friends that I've ever met in wakeboarding is a guy named Greg Browning, who is a team manager for Body Glove. He had to call me and tell me that the contract was over. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we're moving to surf, this and that. And how does that relationship move? To, how does that relationship move forward with you guys, though? Uh, you just you just gotta know. I mean, when you're in this sport, you gotta know. Like, it doesn't last forever. Like, you you have to carve a really unique path to stay in it and stay relevant. And some people have done a great job, but if you're you know if if your only value that you're bringing is that you win competitions, like you know the minute you're not winning competitions, you know you got to expect something's coming. Right. So it's, I don't know, man, it, it's a really tough and, and I don't know, I guess it's part of just being a, you know, being a grown up. You gotta, you gotta have those conversations and hope that people realize like, Hey, you know, I've, I can't help you here anymore, but I'd love to help you somewhere else. Like you're a great, great guy. Like, let me help you find, you know, another place in, in the industry to excel. And, and it's scary when you're a pro rider, it's like, man, when is this going to end? Like, am I going to be thrown out on the streets? Like, what if this has been my whole life? Hey, and I'm an announcer, and I feel the same way sometimes, <laughs> you know? You, ne- you never know, man. You never know, yeah. So it's. But as an announcer, sometimes you just don't get the call back. <laughs> I've never experienced that, but no, I'm just that's the soft. That's the soft fire. It's like, yeah, we just don't need it anymore, right? Hey, guys, you know I got to jump in here real quick to talk to you about Wake Responsibly. Another summer is almost in the books, but it's never too late to wake responsibly, respect the water and those around you, play your music at reasonable volumes and hours of the day, of course. Most conflicts at the lake are the result of other boaters' music or your music, so keep that in mind, my friends. Please also stay 200 feet away from the shoreline, docks, and other boaters. Minimize repetitive passes on any one portion of shoreline. Use the entire lake and let other people see how rad you really are. Go to wakeresponsibly.com, take the compliance exam, and get the free sticker. Put it right there on the windshield of your boat and encourage others to do the same. If everyone on the water would just wake responsibly, what a perfect world it would be. And now, back to Jeff McKee. Let's talk about this. So when you when you got with Slingshot, you had a lot of people looking at you funny, being like, what the heck is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. Probably about five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, maybe five or six years ago, you started putting your time and efforts into something that's kind of classic in the toad water sports industry, but in the yeah. wake sports industry, it's kind of new. Yep. And I'm talking about wake foiling. Foil, absolutely. No, I was I was a guinea pig for sure. I mean, Slingshot had been doing foil and kiting for years, and, and they came to me and they said, this could be great behind the boat, right? And uh, at first I said, no way. I was like, that's kooky. That's not cool. Like, you know, and they brought they brought this uh, foil board out on the boat. That was a, it was a wake skate with like a 40 inch mass and this carbon fiber foil. And like, there was two guys, you know, two guys who I respect more than anyone in like the industry. And they were like, literally like top level, like foil guys. And they were having a hard time on the boat, like figuring out how it worked. And I was just like, okay, if these are the best in the world, like there's no way the average Joe's gonna be able to do this. And so I gave them that bit of feedback um, and literally, you know, six months to a year later, whatever, time frame was they came back and they're like hey we built a new foil like you know we heard what you had to say and like understand like yeah what we had was too aggressive but like check this one out and so this was the first uh hover glide foil and so it was a system that came with a 15 inch mast uh and then what was there there was a 15 and a 24 i think was what came in the first package and it was a big wing so it was really it, it, it was more like wake surfing and less like a whole new sport um and so they're like go out and try this one so I went out and tried that and honestly like I stuck my foot in my mouth when I told him it would never work because I rode this thing and it was so much fun. Um, and I was just riding with a rope in hand, towing around and it was just like, felt like I was snowboarding in powder, you know? I didn't have to go that fast and you could do these rad like kind of left to right slow turns and you're floating up and down and it was just a feeling I'd never felt and it was a new challenge. Like it set everybody back at zero. But out talk, okay, talk about what the, how the boys reacted, like all, like the crew, like the gang, like other riders, your peers, oh, like nobody, when, when you started, when it, you really started getting serious about it. It was literally the same, like, I mean, it was just like when I, when Flex came out and I was the first one on a Flex board and I was like, no, this is cool. And they were like, I remember when I had the first Flex board, Rusty Malinowski grabbing it and trying to break it in half because he was like, this thing's crap, right? 
and it was so funny because he tried to break it and couldn't and then his face was just, like his reaction was just a bit confused so right? he literally and, tried to bone oh crush dude your board. he tried to crush it and i was so scared i was like oh shit, i've never seen it flex that far but um it survived you know but everybody was just like i don't i just you know it was like they didn't quite get it yet you know and then foiling um it's taken quite a few years and now it's literally one of our top selling products at slingshot and I mean, to ride by somebody on a, you know, say a big public crowded lake on a weekend, right? Like you, you go out on the chain of lakes and ride by somebody on a foil and half of them are going to be like, what the hell did I just see? You know? And it's, it's shocking. It's interesting to watch and it, it's a total challenge to ride. Um, and for everybody who's done, you know, you've wakeboarded behind the boat, you've wake surfed behind the boat, like you've ridden at cable parks. Like you always want something new. Well, that's, here's the deal. I'm in... And I'm not just blowing smoke here, but you set me up with a foil about three or four years ago. I think yep. it's from one of the first runs of foils. My first experience foiling was with Lewis Floyd. Yeah. Um, and is Lewis still with the team? Absolutely. Lewis, our guy, like, I mean, the dude's nuts. He's the guy doing flips on the foil. Like, he wants to go higher and jump farther and all this. And and uh, I've taken more of, like, the surf approach. It was like, thank God Louis's doing a flip because I don't want to do that. Like, right. I want to surf. I want to surf bigger waves. I want to go out in the ocean and tow in to surf. And it opens up the door to all these new, you know, even just the behind the boat stuff. Like nobody ever surfed the second wave of a boat before a foil, you know, or the third wave or the fifth or sixth. It's like we're blowing people's minds all of a sudden. Well, it's like, whoa, you can do that there? So here's here's my experience personally. I've been a water skier since like seven or six, seven, eight years old, whatever. And not only with water skier, but I learned how to trick ski at a young age and Realistically, if you can trick ski, you can kind of move to pretty much yeah. any, anything. Um, I, I'm not saying easily, but I I haven't felt anything on the water that was a crazy ultra challenge just to kind of ride, but still fun, you know? Because, yeah. like, you could go out and I, you could ride a, a plank of a 2 by 4 and it's not going to be easy to ride, but it doesn't mean it's going to be challenging, but that doesn't make it fun. Yeah. But there was something about the foil the first time I got on it. I was like, holy smokes, this is like the first time I got up on skis. I yeah. can't even cut over <laughs> to the side. And But at the same time, like I was like all instantly like addicted yeah. to it. Dude, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a new challenge. It's like the first, I, I guess the best way to explain it or the, the way that most people would understand it is kind of like, in wakeboarding, when you first jump the wake and it opens up the doors of like, holy cow, I can do a 180 or a 360 or a tantrum or, you know, you, you, you open up the floodgates of all this new opportunity and like challenge or like in wake surfing, the first time you let go of the rope, it's like that feeling, you're feeling of power b below your board, pushing you and, you know, giving you energy to turn and all this. And I mean, that's the feeling you get all over again. Like it reminds me of the original days of wakeboarding personally, because for like me, I never actually let go of the rope. I like to take a 60, 70, 80 foot rope. Yeah. And the thing is, is like you go 11 miles an hour, you know? Yeah. 11, 12 miles yeah, an yeah. hour. And all my buddies are hanging out up in like a pontoon boat and I'm just back there just, riding the magic carpet, you know? Just ripping. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that is the thing. It opens up the, the, you know, opportunity to do it anywhere too. You don't have to have a wake surf boat, right? Like you can be behind a jet ski or a pontoon like you say well, it's or so infant a fishing too. boat i mean yeah, i was heck, just you riding even, you don't even need it i was in parker last year and some dude had one of your foils pumping off the dock yeah he just kept dropping <laughs> it in jumping on it and then pumping yeah. around the, the uh the little bay and then right back to the dock there's a whole other crew now where we joke we're like they're the foil pirates they don't even have boats they just start, if they can get the dock start figured out they just see a way like a wake surf boat coming by and just pump right out and snag the wave so it's it's fun, man. It's like a whole new world. Thirty years ago, everybody looked at wakeboarding and they were like, "This is something that is." Uh, sorry, a lot of water ski people looked at wakeboarding <laughs> and said, "This is something that's not gonna be anything. Like this is just yeah. a goof off, you know." If anything, um, then all of a sudden there was like some small wakeboard contests. You know, WWA is celebrating the thirtieth year of yeah. putting on events this this year. So. But where do you see the evolution of this foiling going? Because here's the thing, man, and you know this. Like, at some point, people like to get a little competitive out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I don't know why everyone has to bring a competition into everything <laughs> you do. But it, I, I, see, I feel like it's inevitable and potentially going to happen. Where do you see this whole thing with, with foiling going? Are we going to see foil contests? Or what? where is the sport moving? It's tough, man. I've heard of, like, a couple foil, like, 
I think there was just something that Noah Flegel, one of our Nautique guys, was at that they had like a foil category in the wake surf event. Um, I mean, I don't see, but behind the boat, I think it's just so much exploration and fun. Um, there have been, like, I mean, through Slingshot, I'm connected to a lot of the other kind of, you know, wind sports and stuff like that. For example, like they just had a, uh, a downwind foiling SUP challenge in Hood River, Oregon, right? So it's all these competitive stand-up paddle racers, right? And they have the foil now uh, on the bottom of the board, and they literally take two or three strokes with the paddle, and they're up on the foil and then they're cruising downwind down like the river. Like on 10-foot boards? Oh, dude, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Now the boards are getting tiny because they only need a little bit of float to get started. And once you're up on the foil, you want to have a short board so you can pump and keep it going. And it's lighter weight so you can stay out of the water. But, like, we have uh, we have a couple kids who ride for us called the Spencer Brothers. And they're, like, pretty competitive in that. And uh, I think it was, like, a 13-mile race down the river something like that. And they're literally up on the foil the entire time riding just, you know, wind swell down this river so i mean there's race stuff going on like that um i i don't know if i could see competition like in many other categories i mean there's some fun kind of goof off stuff going on but like to me the biggest thing is it's just opening so many new doors like guys like kai lenny uh in the surf industry nathan florence like these guys are all supporting and and you know saying that the foil is legit like I mean, Kai Lenny rode on, on the Jaws wave, you know, like one of the biggest waves in the entire world of surfing. He's riding it on a foil, probably going faster than anybody's ever ridden on a foil, right? So I think guys like him are really helping kind of break through that stigma of like, is this cool or is this not cool? You know, the WSL is posting about it and showing people shaping a foil board or things like that. So what it's, about within it's coming our, around. What about within the, the wake sports industry, or the water sports industry? Like, who do you think are the guys that are kind of – pushing pushing it or gaining the exposure for it right now i mean grub is doing a killer job i mean he's embraced it and you know uh really gotten creative with it he's doing stuff with the e-foils that's obviously a huge kind of excitement right now noah flegel um rips on a foil that kid's just like a natural waterman in every i mean he's he's kind of the dream athlete for anybody he wakeboards he wake surfs he foils like he does you know everything behind the boat at such a high level um but it's, it's everywhere now, man. It's like so many people coming out of the woodworks that are just like, they're either closet foilers and they don't really tell anybody about it or they're full-blown just like, this is all we do now, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's to me, I just, you know, I don't know if it'll turn into a competition behind a boat, but it's just so fun exploring and being 200 feet back behind a boat and it's almost dead silent, right? And you're six waves back wake surfing without a rope on a foil, you know? It's like... You know, I've been out there with five of my buddies all surfing with no rope on different waves behind the boat. And it's just like, we just made our own private surf park. Like, this is awesome. How yeah. could you not want to get into this? It makes it even more inclusive, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If somebody wants to wake surf, I'm like, sweet, I'll be on the other side, three waves back, foiling. Like, is that cool? You know? It's so cool, man. So, it's good stuff. Super excited about all that, as always. And, man, I got to thank you guys again for hooking me up with that foil. Not only yeah, have absolutely. I enjoyed, you know multiple dozens of rides on it but it's actually currently sitting up in wisconsin one of my buddies is holding on to it for me but it's so funny I, i'm always clicking on the social media and i'm seeing seeing your buddies yeah i'm <laughs> always seeing them riding my foil up there yeah like, yeah well, i'm yeah. coming back to get it you gotta but, have a sign up sheet for that thing yeah yeah they're, they're loving it. it's really cool to see too and those guys are all self-teaching themselves but luckily i told them all i'm like 10 miles an hour yeah. no more than start 12. slow yeah number one rule that's awesome Dude, I think the big thing I really want to catch up with you on, and I, every day I get on, every day we all get on social media, uh -huh. and one thing I see through my feed, whether it's like Facebook or Instagram, and it's funny, I, I play some games on my phone also every now and then, like when I'm going to bed. Yeah. Uh, Brick Breaker. Oh yeah, uh, hell yeah. Yeah. So some kind of the easing the mind, yeah. just relaxation type games. But but I don't pay for I don't pay I, I always get it free go and for then, the free version yeah I go for the free <laughs> version but love it the downside of that is you have to watch the ads you get ads but the upside of it is that all of a sudden I've been seeing the adventure IO uh, yeah. commercial come up and that's what I want to talk about adventure IO awesome uh, I know it's a new venture um, that yourself and a couple of other guys within the the wake sports industry um, have jumped into and I want you to tell us all about what it is um, how you got into it, how it started, and, and um, j j I just want to find out all the details about yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's, uh, I mean, dude, it's exciting times right now. Like, um, 
we've always, you know, I've been fortunate enough through my travels in wakeboarding or through my connections in wakeboarding to be able to go some, so many cool places and meet so many awesome people around the world. Right. And, and, you know, being a pro athlete, quote unquote, it's like when you show up, you get this VIP treatment, you know, somebody picks you up that's excited you're there and they, you know, take you to their favorite spot to wakeboard or they, they put you up at their house or they take you to the best restaurants, whatever it is. It's like you show up at the airport and the rest is taken care of. And, um, you know, through years of traveling and getting to go to cool places, like, you know, you share, you share that type of, uh, you know, information with neighbors or family and, and all the time you get people who are like, Oh my God, that's the coolest job. Like I want to be able to go do that. Or how do I go and, and meet those people? Or, or could I go with you? You know? And so it's just kind of this idea that's come over the years of like, you know, there's so many athletes out there that have access to so much amazing equipment, so much, you know, incredible locations, uh, and they've got better knowledge on these sports than anyone else out there, right? And these spots too. Yeah. You're talking about these locations that you're talking exactly, about. Exactly. Yeah. Whether it's a private spot that's not usually available to the public or whatever it is. And so, you know, I kind of had this idea years back. It's just like, how do we make all those people like how do you offer this to the public? Like we've had the raddest time around the world so bad or so much that I like, I feel bad telling my neighbor what I just did. Like, yeah, I just swam with whale sharks in La Paz, Mexico with the Patty dive crew or whatever. You know, it's like, it's the coolest shit that we've been able to do. And we're like, everybody wants to do it. They just don't have a way to do it. So that's how adventure IO was really born. It was a, an idea to basically almost create like an Uber of like, you open this up, not when you need a ride to the airport, but when you're like, when you need a thrill, you're like, we got to do something cool this weekend. We got to take a vacation. Like, let's do something that's above and beyond. Like, let's not just go, you know, I mean, I recently went on a vacation with family to Savannah. And I got stuck on this tour bus, like checking out the local, like, you know, whale museum or whatever it was. And it's just like, oh, Generic. my, oh my God, like, don't, I, you know, I've spent hundreds of dollars to do this just standard crap you know and it was like i want an elevated experience i want somebody in savannah that's going to take me out on a jet ski and tow me into a tanker wave on a surfboard or a foil and like something that i'm going to remember forever and so that's what it that's what it was about um and, and it was always an idea and uh and then my brother had a lot of success like i mentioned earlier he you know got into um some medical industry stuff he ended up building an app that was uh um basically a way for it was a transportation application for um, retired folks or people who are on Medicare and Medicaid to be able to book rides to doctor's appointments. So it was like an Uber for uh, your grandma to get to her weekly appointment and get her cholesterol checked or whatever it was. Like, um, But he got into that space and did really well, sold his business, um, you know, and, and we were just talking on a family vacation and it was like, we were talking about this idea and he's like, dude, that would be so easy to build. And like, you know, he literally was the, the one that made it happen. You know, like it was an idea for me. And then, you know, a couple months later, we're on the phone with a developer and, and we're literally like starting to write code and build an app. So it's been like a totally wild ride. But I don't know, already we've got rad stuff in there. You can go, you know, learn to ride an e-foil with Brian Grubb. You can come out on the boat with me on the Nautique in uh, Charleston and I'll take you for a rad day of wake surfing and wakeboarding. Uh, take you to the best restaurant in town by boat, right? Like it's all about delivering that above and beyond experience. Um, one of the one of the greatest ones we've got in the app right now is uh, a pro vert skater named Elliot Sloan. He just took home the X Games gold in the Big Air uh, event just you know a couple weeks ago. And uh, so you can go skateboarding. You can go skateboarding at this dude's house. He's a rock star athlete. He's a 10 or 11 time X Games medalist. Such a rad dude. His backyard in Vista, California. He has a skate ramp, a vert ramp that is a hundred feet wide, with a mini like mega ramp gap, um, which is obviously your average Joe isn't going to go sk jump that gap, right? But he's also got a mini ramp in the backyard. He's got a pool. He's yeah, got a but barbecue. Yeah, at the same time, like, when, what other opportunity do you get to go to to see this in person? Not at the X Games. Even if you go to the X Games, you might see a ramp like that, but you're not going to stand on the ramp. No, you're not exactly. You can stand on the front on the top of the coping while Elliot jumps over you. Like you can, you know, bring your kids. It could be the most epic birthday party of all time, and they, you know, are skating with a pro, getting tips, or starting at the bottom of the ramp and just. You know, so so break it down. Getting to know this stuff. Obviously, like through the social media stuff and and also through the algorithms, I see a lot of stuff about you and Parks Bonifay. Like, and that's something I think is so cool. It's like you watch like Parks surfing 
through the cypress trees yeah. down in Claremont or barefooting through the bridge. And it's like, now you can go and you barefoot through bridges yeah. with parks, you know? We joke, we almost had a slogan, I, and maybe we'll still consider it, but it was like this, it's like Adventure.io kills the FOMO, like in social media. You know, you watch parks surf in the trees or you watch Grub ride the e-foil and rather than watching it and close your phone and be like, God, man, how, I, my life sucks. I want to do that, you know? Like, now you can book it and you can go do it with them. So you're literally like, you know, like, bring your crew. Let's go ride with Parks. He's going to show us the best time. We're going to hear the stories about being on tour and being the world champ when he was 14 years old. And well, dude, the, I mean, it's, it's rad stuff. We, we talk about those guys because that's what's kind of close to us is the, the toad water sports industry. Yeah. But I, I did a little digging on, on, um, on the app and I'm seeing like, you guys are doing free dive stuff. Oh, you guys yeah. are doing like moto stuff. Like it, it, it's just insane. So, so kind of talk about if you can remember off the top of your head, what are say five or six or so different adventures that, that, that are available yeah so i mean there we've got mountain biking is a big one for us um in southern california you can go mountain biking with a specialized team rider um you can go free diving in orlando in the springs outside of not orlando but central florida um we've got a you know rad free dive expert that'll teach you how to you know increase your breath hold increase your confidence in the water uh which i find like you know in the world of surfing it would be a huge opportunity right like it, increase your respiratory strength um you know, there's stuff like that. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we're working on adventures like riding in the helicopter and going over uh, the Jaws break in Hawaii and watching the wave break firsthand. Um, shaping surfboards with pro shapers. And, and I mean, there's just all sorts. It's literally anything you can think of in action sports that people say, I wish I could do that. That's the goal. Put it in the app. Like, allow, make it a possibility because that's the stuff that, like, you know, that's the ultimate gift. Like, what do you give your dad who has everything? Like, you know, if your dad wants a new freaking, you know, wheels, new wheels for his car or something, he's going to buy it, right? It's like, what do you give him for his birthday? You know, how about a free dive experience or go and deep sea fishing with, uh, you know, the best in town or whatever that is. It's like, you know, the experience economy is really just exploding right now. People want to, and I think Instagram powers a lot of that motivation. It's like, you don't just want to buy the pro model wakeboard. Like you want the photo with parks, right? You know what I mean? You want to brag to your friends on Instagram and say, check, check out what I did this weekend. But you I know? can, I can only imagine that a premium experience also comes with, with a premium price tag to that as well. Yeah. So like, how do you combat that? I mean, it's, there's a lot of this stuff that's happening already around the world with, with, with pro athletes, you know, getting, hired to go and do a week on Lake Powell with a family, you know, or, or some business that's doing their, you know, their company retreat or whatever it is. Um, a lot of it's happening already. This is just more about putting it all in one place and making it easy to find and coordinate. I mean, you can book it right there. You can message with the host right there. Um, everything's inside the app, all the details. Um, we do have some really exclusive stuff, you know, like wakeboarding with Sean Murray is, I mean, like I told you when I was a kid, I mean, that was the guy, like we would, we would go sit on the dock of Lake Sawyer, like a, a dock in an abandoned lot because we would get a chance to see our idol, you know? So, so well, like you can do everything from that riding with your idols down to something with a local expert that isn't at that same price level. You know, the thing is though, if you go ride with Sean Murray though, is it an experience just for one person? Cause I look at like a G 23 and I see oh, that there's like room for 18 yeah. people in that boat. So <laughs> like, is, is it a day for just you and Sean Murray? No, or it's you? A, it, it, so every, every adventure has a different amount of people that it allows for and, and they're totally customizable. So if you don't see something in there you like, it's very easy to get in contact with someone like Sean, for example, and say, Hey, Sean, we're doing, a company party like we've got 25 people um maybe we could do 12 in the morning and another 12 in the afternoon you know some of them aren't riding whatever it is it's it's very flexible but it's all about delivering that top level experience um so yeah the, you know if you look there's different details for every one of them it could be a one-on-one -on -one session with a pro surfer right or it could be bring your whole crew and ride in the g23 and yeah we've got room for 16 more you know um, so it really, it's anything you want it to be. And if you don't see something in there, like let us know what you want to see. And, and that's what we want to build. All right. So available on like iPhone and Android devices. A Android is, is in the works right now. Another couple weeks and that'll be out. I don't know when we're uh, releasing this podcast, but, uh, yeah, Android is in the works. Also a web app is in the works. Um, 
But as it stands today, uh, the iPhone uh, is, is the platform. We're in iOS. You can download it in the App Store today. Uh, it's a free download, free to make a profile, everything. Um, so yeah, most you know most of the people in the world right now that I talk to have an iPhone in their hands. So it's working well, but we're working on every platform. Loving it. All yeah. right. Hey, Jeff, so Adventure IO is the name of the app there. Absolutely. Make sure you guys check it out. Dude, this has been awesome. I, I'm so glad we're here at BSR and like literally what? This has been in the works. You and I have talked. And oh, we, man. Months, huh? We've been trying to connect for months and uh, we made it happen. I don't think we could have pick, picked a better location. We're watching, you know, freshwater man-made waves break right in front of us. We're going to get a surf session on this thing later. And, uh, I mean, we're in the we're sitting in the future right now, dude. It's amazing. Hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little background noise, but it's nature and it's a podcast, yeah, so it's yeah. all good. You got to love it. All right. With that being said, hey, dude, before I let you get out of here, I'm going to let you do the... Uh, the three S's, shout outs, sponsors, and uh, shout outs, sponsors, and social media. And social media, all right. Um, shout outs, I mean, wow, we're, li we're literally watching a storm come across the surf pool right now. Um, shout outs to everybody who's made it possible for me to be in this industry, Slingshot, um, Alliance Wake for back in the day, making it happen for me, um, friends, family. Uh, you know, everybody who's helped make Adventure IO possible and uh, everybody who's listening, check out the app. Be stoked to have you join. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, it's at Jeff McKee, uh, at Adventure IO, at Slingshot Wake, at Nautique Boats. That's the lifestyle I live. And uh, if you dig it, hopefully you'll join us. Jeffrey, longtime friend, brother, and I appreciate you for doing this, awesome. man. Appreciate it. Awesome catching up. Thanks, Dano. You. Hey guys, during my interview with Jeff, you heard us wax poetic about riding the slingshot foil. If you haven't ridden one yet, you need to get out to your local slingshot dealer today and try it out. By far, it's one of the most unique experiences I've ever had on the water, and it's unbelievably addicting. Head over to slingshotsports.com to check out the slingshot hoverglide foil wake package and look through all their different available options also while you're there be sure to check out their entire line of wakeboards boots wake surfers kites sup boards sling wings and so much more that website again is slingshotsports.com here's a question are you ready to take your boat to the next level well roswell marine has just the thing how about their brand new, all new R1 Pro Tower speaker featuring the world's first LED color changing RGB translucent housing. Do yourself a favor and check out Roswell's product catalog. They offer a huge selection of top quality marine audio equipment, board racks and wake towers. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise and no matter what you buy, you can buy it with confidence knowing that Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the moment you install them. They have 35 plus preferred dealers located all throughout the United States and Canada. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website roswellmarine.com to find the one closest to you. That website again is www.roswellmarine.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. And we're back. I want to thank my guest, Jeff McKee, for stopping by and talking to us. The man is an absolute pioneer in the sport, both on the water and off it. And I strongly encourage all of you to download the Adventure.io app and see what kind of experiences you and your friends could be having. The Android version should be in the Play Store in the next few weeks. So for all you Droid users, please be on the lookout for that. Who knows, maybe I'll even offer up an adventure of my own. How about a chance for someone to be a guest on this podcast? Who knows, this could be your chance to break into the industry, my friends. The end of that interview got a little bit hectic, I'm not going to lie. Not sure you could tell in the audio, but a crazy windstorm blew through, and Jeff and I pretty much tried to play it off. 
we got through it and I was able to pack up the podcast equipment. Then literally about 15 minutes later, we got a call uh, from some of the guys from the WWA Nautique and we ran over to the contest site and it was literally twisted up. That crazy windstorm I was telling you about pretty much destroyed the site. A bunch of us, we all just worked together, got it cleaned up. The next morning, the site looked brand new once again. Most people didn't even notice. It was crazy, and it's just so insane how anything can happen at events. And speaking of events, stop number three of the Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautiques of Orlando and Danny Harf will be held on Sunday, September 22nd. 2019 at the legendary Lake Ronix in Christmas, Florida, just a half hour east of Orlando. Lake Ronix is one of the most exclusive wakeboarding spots in the U.S. as only members of Team Ronix are allowed to ride there. But here's your chance to share the water. The Thigh High Surf Series is a grassroots wake surf contest series that's created for novice and established surfers in Central Florida to give them a platform to show off their skills and build confidence in competition. If you're a beginner or an unknown prodigy just looking to compete in your first contest, this event is for you. Uh, there's seven divisions, so riders of all levels can enter a category tailored specifically to their riding ability. Guys, if you're interested in more info, head over to thighhighsurf.com. Coming up as well, stops four and five of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. I've got the Nautiques dealer meeting in Pine Mountain, Georgia to kick off October. Then I'm off to the Wakeboard and Wake Park World Championships in Playa del Carmen, Cancun, Mexico at the Mayan Cable Park uh, this October, guys. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I hope to see you all out there. Thank you all for listening and an enormous thank you to the sponsor of this podcast for their continued support. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Masterline, Centurion Boats, WSIA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite. Want to thank GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jenna Carruth on the web, Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashavich on copy, and Rich Walsh on sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Just as a reminder, please follow us on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast. On Instagram, follow me at Dano T Mano. You can always message me there or at Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com through email. Again, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the Noise of the North himself. I'm Dan Lamano, and you can hear me next time. Once again, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.